Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. An F-35 goes missing. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. If you got your pencil out, get ready. Okay, here we go. Quick start podcast at cbn.org. There you go. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now, get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons, Phillips. What's up, fellas? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. How do you lose an F-35, guys? How do you do it? Okay, yeah, that, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. He ejected. Like a bad day. I'm there's so many things. I have so many questions. It said and we're gonna get to this here in a minute in the in, in the news coming up. How does nobody oh look, there's an F thirty five crashing through the sky there and spiraling out of control. No one knows where it is. I mean, it really must be out in the middle of nowhere. I'm I just have questions. I How? can't find my keys, my wallet, nor my F thirty five. My F thirty five happens all the time. <laughs> So anyway, we'll get into the details on that. What do we have coming up on the focus story? So we are going to be talking about an employee. Well, now a former employee from Best Buy who claims he was fired because of his faith. So we'll get into that. Oh, boy. All right. Looking forward to the details on that. Billy, you caught up with Christian musician Phil Wickham on the main thing. Yeah, lots of lots of interesting tidbits there. We talk about the new music, but also just the general sort of passion for creating worship music. It's an interesting field to be in. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that combo on the main thing. But first, right now, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And the U.S. military is searching for a missing F-35 jet after a pilot ejected safely during a what they're calling mishap on Sunday. The aircraft is an F-35 Lightning II from the Marine Corps Air, Store, Air Station in Beaufort. And they're asking for the public's cooperation and saying if anyone, it's like they're handing out flyers, right? They're putting them up on the telephone poles. Have you seen my F-35? But if you have information, you can contact JB Charleston Base Defense Operations Center, 843-963-3600. Kansas pastor, Matthew Lee Richards, a children's pastor at Crossroads Christian Church has been charged with five counts of attempted murder one count of aggregated arson he allegedly attacked his wife and four of their children with a knife before attempting to burn their house down his wife and two children were hospitalized while three others were released he's in custody on a five million dollar bond and the u.s and iran are conducting a prisoner exchange with the biden administration releasing six billion in frozen iranian assets for the five prisoners they're celebrating the release, but critics are viewing it as a ransom payment for American hostages. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, that story about the pastor, you know, it's not the normal story I like to bring up on that news segment. I don't really like to focus on a lot of the terribly gruesome and negative stories, but I really just felt compelled to share that with everyone because... I couldn't stop thinking about anybody in a church, what it would do to your mental state, especially if you have kids in the ministry, to see their youth minister do something like this. And so I really just wanted to put it out there so that you all can be praying for this church community who has to be reeling. 
Yeah, and not just the mental state, but the fact that this is the kind of thing that actually destroys, if your faith is not where it should be, and even if it is, you know, it makes you question, well, if my youth pastor could do this, then what's the point, right? Now, of course, that's not the way to think, but but it is a natural human inclination. Yeah, and that's what I, and that's that's exactly what I'm getting at when I say the mental state. You you stated it better than I did, but yeah, their faith, I mean, it's got to, it's got to shake it. Yeah, my so I, the church I grew up in, our youth pastor was actually he ended up being caught in, in all kinds of all kinds of terrible stuff, abuse of of a child and then uh, of another kid in our youth group, and ended up he's in prison now, and that you can look it up and find all the details on that. But yeah, it's a it's a really really difficult thing for somebody to go through, and I remember now I was in end of high school at the time and seeing how it impacted so many of the kids who were in the youth group and the way it did shake their faith. And it reminded me of the passages that Paul wrote about how leaders are held to a higher standard, right? They're held to a different standard because there are people who are following after them. They are looking to them. They should be, like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if this is how they're living, uh, no wonder it's going to shake somebody's faith and can send them down a really, really difficult road. Of course, the Holy Spirit can do the restoration work of of changing them, but these spiritual leaders have a responsibility to be exactly that: spiritual leaders, not people who are who are falling into this kind of horrific behavior. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so our prayers, definitely with this church here. And let me see if I have the name of the yeah Crossroads Christian Church out there in Kansas. So yeah, definitely be praying for the uh, Christians out there who are you know going through a lot right now and that whole church and, how, and pray that they can recover from this and that they can bounce back stronger and that people can lean into their faith in God's promises and realize that even someone in a position like that is not the person you put your trust in. And that would be in Christ. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ. And so we pray that for uh, those people that are going through this awful, awful time. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story now. And a now former Best Buy employee recently lost his job reportedly because of his faith. So what happened here? Yes, this is um, an interesting story. So he's a Serbian immigrant. Uh, His name is uh, uh, Ines uh, Sujak. Um, He lives in Jacksonville, Florida. He worked at a Best Buy there until September 1st. Uh, when he was reportedly fired for taking issue with a mandatory training video on LGBTQ uh, history, the, the history of the, the movement. Uh, he wrote about this in a description on a Give, Send, Go campaign, uh, and he's also done a couple interviews here and there. Uh, he alleges that he was told to watch this video uh, on uh, LGBT history. He said, as a Christian, I believe marriage is between one man and one woman. Yet for some reason, Best Buy insisted that I submit to a lesson series on, quote, the history of the LGBTQ movement while I have clients waiting on my assistance. Now he works in or he worked in the Geek Squad section uh, of the store. So he was managing not just like returns, but also repairs on products and had a, a long line of customers waiting when he was sidelined and said, you can't work with the, with customers who scheduled appointments who are ready for, for assistance until you've watched this video. And he went on to write, my ability to help and serve customers with electronic repairs and the sexual orientation of my colleagues have nothing in common. 
Uh, in fact, sexuality has no place in the workplace, and forcing me to subject myself to conduct that I believe constitutes a sin while taking me away from serving my former employer's customers is truly unacceptable. He added, in fact, it's unlawful. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting story here. Did he say that he felt discriminated any other way? So the allegations against Best Buy and also his manager, Mike Hirsch, is the name that he gave. He said they first, well, all of this first came to light on, on September 2nd uh, when leaked audio was shared by an activist journalist. We've talked about him before, James O'Keefe. He was with Project Veritas, not anymore, has his own thing uh, now. And he was the, this former employer was talking to him. He shared this alleged report of, of, of what happened. Uh, but interestingly, it wasn't just this LGBT training video uh, that the now ex-employee took issue with. Uh, he also said that he confronted his manager, Mike Hirsch, about uh, the LGBT pride flags and other symbols uh, that are permitted across the, the store. Uh, he said, why then can I not put a cross up in my workspace? Or why couldn't I put a cross up in, in the break room or anything Christian up in the break room? Uh, and the manager reportedly said that it's not the same because a person chooses to be a Christian uh, while people don't choose, in his view, their sexual orientation. They're born that way. Uh, and and he, he said that that differentiation in his mind uh, constitutes why one is allowed and one should not be allowed. Uh, he said, the manager, you can 1,000% choose your religion. You're choosing to believe in Christianity or Muslim or whatever. You choose that. Uh, they're not choosing to be gay. Uh, so ultimately, it was... <laughs> His decision to leak the now former employee's decision to leak this audio uh, is reportedly why he was fired, and and that, that's where everything stands right now. Is he's he's no longer employed by Best Buy because of these handful of discrimination issues. Wow, unbelievable! What are his uh, next steps that he's looking at here? Yeah, so the reason he has his Gifts and Go campaign, which has raised at this point more than $10,000, uh, is because he's planning to, he's already obtained an attorney uh, or retained an attorney. He's planning to fi file a civil lawsuit uh, against Best Buy. He wants to take this to court. Uh, he said, in no way have I ever argued that anyone who differs in religion, gender, or sex should be treated differently. Rather, all I wanted was to be treated the same as them and have my beliefs respected equally. He added, it's time we fight back and take a stand and defend our rights. I will not back down and every contribution, no matter how great or small, helps us in this fight. Yeah, this is another one of those instances where Christians, a lot of times, are being kind of forced into these scenarios, whether it's in the courts or threatening of a loss of a job or actually losing a job, where you're kind of having to go and lean back on the Constitution and say, no, this is actually a thing here. I'm allowed to do this. And we have to prove it in the courts or the legal system. And it's just another example of that, it seems. Yeah, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that these you know, events keep happening again and again and again. And, you know, imagine if you were making these mandates of faith, you know, like, I mean, they're talking yeah. about faith in this example. And it's like, well, what if I was mandating that you had to go to church with me or you had to respect my, it's like, I just, it's so crazy that we've chosen this one thing to be the only thing that everybody has to do and everybody has to agree with it or else, you know what, you're going to lose your job. And I think it's just, it's sad to watch it, but I, you know, reading his quotes when he said, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to fight. I thought, you know what? That's that's great. I think more people need yeah. to do that. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I'll just say one thing, guys. You know, I, the quote you said, Trey, from the Best Buy manager there saying, 
you know, that he uh, these gay people don't choose to be gay. If he could have just responded that he was a Calvinist, he would have gotten right out of that one. I guess he didn't go that route. <laughs> Man, but, that's uh, a good reformed joke there. Yes, it is. Wrong. It is. I got plenty of dad jokes, too, on the in the in the holster. All right. Appreciate you bringing that one, Trey, to our attention. Look, be praying for a brother in Christ who's, you know, out of a job. You know, hopefully he gets back on his feet pretty soon. But thanks for bringing that story, Trey. All right, we are going to head over to the main thing now, and singer Phil Wickham's music has connected millions around the globe to the Lord through worship services and Christian airplay. Billy recently caught up with Wickham to discuss what motivates him and why he's blessed to do what he does. That's today's main thing. So, Phil, you've got a new album out, I believe, and you've been making music for a long time now. What has you most excited about this album? Uh, me and the same stuff that always gets me excited, which I, at, at you know, a few months after I release an album, I'm always scared that I won't get excited about the next one. You know, I'm like, is this the last one? I'll feel this way. But every time I release a record, um, I, I just trying to be faithful to the calling to write songs, um, some songs for the church to sing, some new prayers. Um, write songs that light my heart up, uh, just ancient truths, new ways to sing ancient truths about who God is and who we are in Him. And and for some reason, um, God keeps giving me little seeds of songs that I work on that seem to light my heart up over and over again. And so I'm just really doing the same thing I was doing when I was 15, which is just trying to write songs that people can sing together in in a in a church environment, and also and also songs that would expose people. Um, to the Jesus that I know, and maybe not, maybe, maybe it's a fresh Jesus from ones that people have seen through the lens of a, a church that hurt them, or, or maybe they really haven't thought of God at all. But I hope that my songs would light people's heart up for the, the Jesus that I have found, I have come to know through the scriptures and through life. What is it like to know that your songs, that the music you're making, is music that actually is connecting people very literally during praise and worship to God? I just. I found, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, I'm 39 now, that as songs were connecting in the church, um, and not just the American church, but I was just, I was getting these emails from people like, hey, we translated your song, your song into Portuguese, we're singing in the Brazilian church, or in Mandarin, and in these Chinese house churches, and just want to say thank you for these songs and it's in a video or something too you know just you know 12 people in the, in a front room of a house singing these songs and my heart just lights up it's what god has put in me to want to do and not because i'm like some holy extra holy guy or doing the best spiritual thing it's just like what god has put in me i've found as i've grown up like wow i love writing songs um that that give just a new fresh melody or a a, a slightly fresh perspective or not even fresh just like some for some reason feels god breathed and and like something people want to sing um to the church and i it's it's awesome to be able to tour and and you know the more recognition on on my own artist side the more people come out to the night so it just feels more explosive and beautiful but i really i really think it's i don't care that people in china or brazil or in some baptist church in america I could care less that people associate the song with me. Um, the older I get, I just like, it makes my heart explode with thankfulness and, and such a heightened awareness of God's grace in my life because I'm such a freaking sinner. And uh, and I just, I can't believe he's he's asked 
can't believe he gives me the opportunity to say yes to him, to write songs for the church. What a joy and what a privilege and honor. And I consider it a huge responsibility that right now it seems like there's a, there's a, a wider gate than usual for worship leaders to look to my song to see, hey, I'm, I'm, should I play one of these songs in our church? And I just see that whatever trust is there and whatever rapport has been built with worship leaders and churches is like something I think is so sacred and so beautiful and the joy of my life as a songwriter. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine, you mentioned the responsibility, the joy, you know, but that responsibility is big. I mean, what what for you, like what's your process? What goes into making a song? You know that song's gonna end up inspiring people, whether it's in the front of a house, like you mentioned with a, you know, in another country, whether it's at a church here in America, what sort of steps do you go through to make sure the message is what God and what you would want it to be? You know, I, as the older, again, the more I've done it, the more I just kind of rely on, uh, there, there's this thing a friend of mine says, uh, who writes worship songs, but other songs too. And he, he has this phrase, he says, write for your phone first, which is very not a spiritual thought. But what that means is, uh, write the songs that you go back to that voice memo over and over again and you just you're on a run or you're in the car and you can't wait to listen to it again just because you're so excited about it just because it it lights your heart up and i've i've found to trust that trust that a lot you know trust like i if there's a feeling of like i can't wait to sing this with my church um and get get my getting my mind off like i think this is the formula that really hits in church or i think this is the kind of thing radio would play or i think man i've learned and I used to say it, but when I'm in a song, a song, right. And people are like, man, radio is going to love this. That's like such a turn off to me now. Cause it feels like, it feels like, oh, you're like, you're trying to hit a target and not, and not just trying to sing something that feels like it, it makes your heart just elevate into a place of kind awareness of whatever the song's about spiritually, you know, heightened sense of God's presence, mm. heightened sense of thankfulness of what he's done fresh little perspective this even slightly fresh perspective on the cross and what it means for us all those things is like that's what i chase really what i'm chasing first is just that thing that makes me all of a sudden i realize i've gotten to my feet and I'm, i've stopped playing guitar and i'm just like holding my guitar in the air singing it in the writing room you know and it's like oh like something in my spirit is agreeing with joy and fervor and passion and that that's step number one and then it's like that you get down to like the nitty-gritty of like, okay, how does this become a song that serves serves um, the church? It serves me well and my like goal of, of what the season is. And then you you kind of you, you blast you, you punch you you kick the snot out of the song and yourself trying to get it right, um, and rewriting and rewriting, and then tr- and then going over every every lyric. It's like okay, this moment. The reason why this song why I've spent an extra 17 hours around this song since that moment it was born um, is everything living up to that moment of the song. And like, okay, I, if I'm honest, this verse isn't as good. If I'm honest, this bridge needs to be rewritten. And so I, I just pound that song into submission until I don't think I can, I can, in my own skill, can't make it any better. And then if I still don't think it's as good as it should be, then I've got a short list of friends. And I'm like, hey, do you think this should be different? Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Get that input, rewrite it. Um, and then I sent it to there's my brother and my dad, um, and, uh, some people at the labels and my pastor, um, I kind of get there. Hey, is this something, is there anything in here where you'd be, you'd kind of raise an eyebrow, anything in here you think feels like tired that you think I should push harder for. So I've learned 
there's wisdom in the counsel of many, you know, when they're trusted. Um, uh, but, but really all of that extra effort at the end is, um, the reason why you just keep pushing and keep shoveling in the dirt and keep trying to find the gold is because you, you remember that first moment of just maybe your, your eyes welled up with tears when a line was said and the melody was sung or you jump for joy. Like that's amazing, you know? And so it's those little moments of, of inspiration that I call the anchor of the song. And then you chase that anchor until you feel like you can't do any better. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that conversation there. Really appreciate it. And uh, Wickham's an interesting guy. Yeah, he is. He, you know, he, I think getting that that sense of what is it like to be the person who makes the music that connects people deeper, I, that to me was interesting. I haven't, I don't typically interview a lot of worship leaders, yeah. right? So, or, or worship musicians. So that was, that was fun. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. Glad you did it. All right. We're going to have time on the podcast here for one last thing. Yeah, we're going to look at James 4.10. It says, humble, your, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. It's an important reminder, I think, in our day and age. Yeah, that's powerful. Humility is key. It's at yeah. the center of every issue we have in yeah, our culture. It always right? is. Not that, it. On the flip side, as is pride, right? Like most sins, yep. you can find their root in some form of pride. And so obviously the solution to that, humble ourselves. See that over and over, that call in scripture. So glad for that reminder there. And it's a good spot to leave it on the podcast. As always, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we will return tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.